Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I created Data Mesh Radio to be a resource for Data Mesh practitioners the world over. This is a weekly summary episode where I share a bit about the upcoming week's episodes and give you an extended summary for any interviews or panels that will be released during that week. It's designed to help you decide what episodes you might want to spend the full time to listen to, as interview episodes and panels are typically more than one hour long. In general, if you were running up against any challenges with Data Mesh, I'm here to help. I started a company around doing just that, Data Mesh Understanding. So get in touch if I can be of help. Check out our free community programs and things like that as well. Weekly episode summaries and programming notes for the week of June 11th, 2023. So taking a break from any major calls to action for a few weeks, you know, as these are too far in the future, and, you know, I recorded this in early May for me to actually know what should you do specifically. So just say something nice to someone this week and check out the Data Mesh Understanding website. So what's on tap for this week on Data Mesh Radio? On Monday, we have episode 230, Getting Real About Data Product Management in Data Mesh an interview with Franny Helferouche at RBC Global Asset Management. Uh, This is a deep dive into some product management learnings in Data Mesh. What should we take from software product management and maybe what we shouldn't? How do we adapt those and what are the new challenges that come with data products that are different from software products and other products in general? What part do we all play in managing data as a product? If you are trying to figure out data products and data as a product, this is one of those episodes for you. On Friday, we have episode 231, Jamax Corner number 24. Can we change mistakes to kind of, quote unquote, happy little accidents in data? So my kind of key points from this are what can we do better in data than what we did learning decentralization in services and the operational side? Jamax said, quote, we have to level up. We can't repeat the past mistakes. Let's not be silly and fool ourselves just because we have a schema. Now we have an amazing system. We have to figure out how we're actually going to kind of do this better in data and not repeat those same mistakes. Another point, the services world has learned good ways of communicating between producers and consumers. We should look to learn more from them and look to adapt than adopt what works well about these communications, you know, whether that's communicating the requirements or actually those API calls and things like that. We need to change our approach to measuring and reflecting on past decisions. This is a bit philosophical, but we might have made a decision based on not great information. Does that mean that the decision was bad simply because it didn't work out? You know, it's not necessarily that it was wrong based on what we knew, or maybe it was wrong based on what we knew and we just misinterpreted right? Do we have to, to really be beating ourselves up constantly? You know, does that mean that we shouldn't be doing this more? Probably not. But as Ari Gold said in Entourage, you know, there are no asterisks in life, only scoreboards. 
can we really get to a place where we allow those asterisks where we're not saying did this work or didn't this work, but like, what did we learn? What, how are we better? Things like that. And finally, Jamak believes we can adopt many software development practices across data. She said this so many times, it's very key to data mesh. But one area people seem to be skipping over are things like decision records. What were you thinking when you made a past decision? What did you know and what were your hypotheses, right? Like, why did you choose to pick that tool? You know, what did you know at that point? So you're not really looking back and reflecting on, did I make the right call versus did I make the right call based on what I knew? And do I just need to get better at learning more before I make a decision or whatever, right? Uh, Brandon Bidell talked about this on his episode as well. It's easy to judge results, but it's better to judge the judgment because if you set yourself up to have more information, you're going to be in a better place to make better judgments. So judge the judgment. Again, kind of philosophical and, and a little heavy. So with that, I'll shut up now and we can get on to the extended summary for Franny's episode. summary for episode 230, Getting Real About Data Product Management in Data Mesh, an interview with Franny Halfrush. So in this episode, I interviewed Franny, who's a technical product manager slash data product manager at RBC Global Asset Management. To be clear, though, she was only representing her own views in the episode. Franny started off with a bit about her background and how that has helped her adopt the data as a product mindset applying product thinking when looking at creating and and maintaining data products. A lot of it is about mapping traditional software product management to data product management, as many things translate pretty one-to-one, but a lot of things don't. And knowing the difference is a crucial point of leverage. The data product isn't the point. It's merely a way to exchange information to support a use case. In software product management, the product manager serves as a bridge between software engineering and software users, as Franny said. In data product management, the product manager should serve as a bridge between data producers and consumers to ensure consumer requirements are satisfied. The Scott note here, Franny and I actually exchanged a couple of emails on this as well as to the point of data products are very, very important in data mesh and in general in data right now. But Data as a product, the product mindset isn't only about data products. It's about understanding your overall data landscape and understanding what what people actually need and working to satisfy those requirements, which will be via a data product in a sense. But a lot of it is just also the communication and understanding of what are we actually trying to do here. And so that product mindset goes far beyond just creating data products. So Martin Erickson's idea that product management is the intersection of tech, business, and user experience is foundational to Franny. However, 
what actually is a user experience, rel- you know, that UX relative to a data product. Much of the user interface or the UI is actually owned by the platform itself rather than the data product. So that makes UX a little bit more nebulous. She believes we should break down that user experience into three categories, data fluency, access, and documentation. Access is the easiest because it's about making sure people can request access and grant access easily. Yes, automatic access is great too, but that's not always possible. Data fluency is about how well the data product communicates its information to target audiences. Can people understand what the data product contains, why it exists, how things are organized, etc.? Lastly, unfortunately, it seems documentation is harder and also more important in data product management than software product management. In software, there's that tangible user interface, but that's not really feasible for data products. So the documentation is the way to guide people to understanding. For Franny, data discovery platforms are really valuable for consumers to understand what data products exist. And once they find the data products that might be of interest, the platform, those data discovery platforms, allow them to learn more about the data product. Companies should make it easy to find the most useful information about a data product all in one place, such as the lineage, the purpose of the data product, sample queries, sample data, et cetera, as well as the ability to request access. Scott note here, this is a something that I talked about quite a bit a while ago, which was a uh, trapped metadata challenge. Many tools trap their metadata. So it is actually kind of hard to bring in things like SLA observability directly into the data discovery platforms. There's a big difference between data discovery and product discovery, or in this case, data product discovery in Franny's terminology. In software product management, product discovery is about finding the needs users have and looking to fill that with products. Basically discovering what products or features or capabilities of products should exist. This is often overlooked in data product management because so much of the genesis for data products is defined use cases where the consumers come to the producers with their use case at least somewhat well-scoped and understood. But data product discovery is a very useful practice to at least investigate, if not lean into more heavily. Scott note here, I've been saying this for literally over a year. Communicate and spark the art of the possibility with data consumers. But there is kind of a, a push and a pull here because historically, if you've told you know, potential consumers, do you want this data? They'll say yes, because they might be able to find value from it. So that's where you have to have that balance. But we need to be having these conversations about what data do I have that might be useful to you? We're just not having those from the conversations I'm having. That's not something that's taking place very regularly. Franny talked more about the process of discovering the right data products to create. You want to dig in deep with potential users. They might have ideas about what data they want, but the most important aspects is What is the day-to-day challenge or opportunity they are looking to address? What is the actual business process and how do they want it improved? That will help tell you what data product or products you need to create for the use case and how you need to shape those to address the business process they want to make better. Essentially, consumers are experts in what they are trying to fix. Don't rely on them to be experts in what data to share and how.
That's for the producers to own and to discover. Franny talked about this concept, the, the product trio, which comes from Teresa Torres, and how that's been really helpful to Franny and team around data product management. While it is coming from the product management space, where that data product trio is the product manager, the technical lead, and the product designer, it needs to be altered for data products since that designer role doesn't really make as much sense when there isn't a direct user interface, a direct UI. So you still have a product manager and a tech lead of some kind, you know, the data product developer or whatever, and then someone that is more aligned to the user, maybe a data scientist or a data architect to help ensure a positive data user experience that, that ducks. Again, Franny breaks that ducks down into three components, which is data fluency, access, and documentation. Franny recommends looking at product management frameworks for leading product discovery sessions, such as the value proposition framework. Frameworks can help you to get to actual tangible information about business processes and their challenges. Think about concrete ways to qualify and potentially even quantify aspects of the business challenges. Get pretty specific instead of a laundry list of potential use cases. Drill into one or two and figure out how to help. Scott note here, this seems to be a recurrent issue in data. Lack of specificity around use cases and needs. It's part of why requirements gathering fails. Do not skimp on this process. And this unfortunately is probably gonna be in the language of the business, where you go in and you say, I need to understand what are you actually trying to do? And then we can work backwards from there. Failing fast is a concept Franny believes we need to adopt and, and maybe adapt for data. That's what prototyping needs to be better able to quickly get to value. Failure has historically been somewhat of a catastrophe in data because so many things have essentially been all or nothing with huge budgets, right? And especially around, can I trust this and the concept of it? And if this isn't what I actually wanted, or if this aspect is wrong, then the whole thing is wrong. But with things like data mesh and in general, with collaborative, iterative data work between producers and consumers, failure doesn't mean forever fail. It leads us to places to improve. So while we might need new ter terminology around fast fail, data people seem to hate the concept of failing at all. It's a practice that will help us quickly iterate towards better solutions and more value. A fast fail culture with smaller blast radii can really highlight how people will use a data product instead of the pre-planning phase where you try to come to how both sides think a consumer will use a data product. Franny shared what probably all data product managers feel, but few here. It's very difficult and probably a bit squishy to define success for a data product and then also define the metrics to measure success, such as just pointing to number of users doesn't necessarily equate to value. User satisfaction is a useful measure, but obviously it doesn't cover every aspect. How well are you doing at hitting your SLAs? It's okay to start with non-perfect metrics as long as they are directionally valuable. Scott note here, I recommend listening to episode 95 with Dave Coles on fitness functions if you want deeper to dig deeper into that success metric tracking. We'll finish on a quick tidbit. It's important to build out your 
data consumer self-serve capabilities to give consumers a better feeling of being able to actually get necessary access. And it's even more important to make sure that is handled by the platform and not the individual data products. Hopefully it sounds like some awesome episodes for you coming up this week. As a reminder, feel free to get in touch if I might be useful in your data mesh journey, helping quite a few organizations and introducing people to each other, plus doing some roundtables. Check out datameshunderstanding.com for more information. I hope you have a great rest of your day and week. Now on to that fun, funky little outro music. Thank mm-hmm. you.